Good day in a glad gay, and thank you so much for downloading this Smackdown Crawl episode number 50. We thought we'd give you a little taste of what the content is like over on patreon.com forward slash AE podcast, where you can find the full collection of Smackdown Crawl, all of our Bibliotech book reports, and all of our gamesmanship video episodes. If you're already a backer, by the way, go over to Patreon right now because we've just released our special commemorative Crawly Awards episode, where me and Kevin look back over the past 50 episodes of the Smackdown Crawl, and trust me, if you like the Slammy Awards 1997, then you're going to enjoy this. So if you like this taste of our Patreon content, remember that you can get everything I just mentioned there for a single $5 pledge, and you only have to pledge for a single month if you want, there is no commitment to carry on subscribing. And of course there are plenty of other tiers as well with more content if you still can't get enough AE Podcast. Also, we are so close to our third annual live show at the London Podcast Festival. Tickets are flying really quick, there are a few left now, but we're expecting to sell out soon, folks, so if you haven't booked and you're planning on coming, do so now to avoid disappointment, and there are still a few tickets available for your friends at How To Wrestling as well, so why not come and spend the day with us there? And of course, if you are going to be joining us at King's Place, then why not show up in your own snazzy AE Podcast t-shirt? We've got a variety of designs and colours available now from teespring.com forward slash stores forward slash AE Podcast. Once again, a massive thank you to everyone that has ever pledged on Patreon. We appreciate so much all of your love and support. We are thrilled to have been doing this for so long now because none of this would have been possible without your patronage. And if you've never checked out our Patreon page, we hope to one day see you on patreon.com slash AE Podcast. But in the meantime, enjoy this episode number 50 of Smackdown Crawl. Smackdown Crawl! Ooh, this will be nifty because it's only episode number bloody 50 coming to us. It's August 3rd, the year 2000. It's time for a little bit more Smackdown over once again. It's me, your old pal, Cowboy Kevin, crawling through all of Smackdown with my good buddy, Adam Bibolo. Hello. How are you doing today, Adam? I'm great. 50 episodes already, Kevin. I know. Are you going to try and resist the urge to say 50 years of the Smackdown Crawl? came so close. I nearly said 50 years. We've aged horribly the usual jokes we always make at a landmark oh i've got a new one though you haven't aged a day (laughs) (laughs) i'm pretty sure you've used that (laughs) so very very excited obviously we are in a golden period of smackdown at the moment after well in the last 50 or so episodes if you've been following us along there's been a lot of sour with our sweet and our dipping sauce on the side of our chicken mcnuggets throughout this one Mm. so i am firmly saying that we are in a golden era yes and it's important to know, much like Andy says in the office, to realise when you're in the good old days, these are the real good old days right here. They are. It's a beautiful time, Adam. We're Smackdown. getting great story, great character, pretty good in-ring stuff. Like It's been, generally speaking, pretty grand lately. And the best thing about this is that a lot of folks who are, you know, like myself, who maybe watched this originally back in the day, back in the year 2000, and are revisiting it now, 19 years later. If you're following us episode to episode, I, I appreciate your commitment to the cause of the crawl. But lots of us are just finding ourselves remembering inexplicably unimportant details from episodes. And you get a strong sense of deja vu, nostalgia all at once for something completely innocuous. Mm. And I'm all for it, Adam. <laughs> we're at the point where you were watching on the reg here, though, right? I feel like, yeah. I, there's a lot of this that I don't remember, but then there was something that happened on this week's episode that was like, oh, I remember this vividly. So ah. I think like I must have been watching on and off at least at this point. So we're coming up to SummerSlam 2000 which means a couple of things. Number one, it's a big failed push for Big Show Paul White. Aww. And as well as that, we've got the love triangle. And last week, 
Things didn't go so well for Triple H, Adam. The opening image of this week's SmackDown, last week on Raw, sad Triple H, massive bouquet of roses, big Mandy Rose Instagram filter. (laughs) It's so emotional. (laughs) Serious Angelo Bandlamenti music here as well. Steph, I love you. Beautiful, but haunting at the same time. Yeah, don't do not do this, Triple H. You're going to irrevocably change the course of wrestling history forever. And for the worse, these two clearly love each other for realsies. Yeah, it's blatant. There's no way either of these people are that good an actor right now. Yeah, and then I've got this idea for this storyline we can do where Triple H is really humiliated and embarrassed, and then he has to say that he loves me in public and give me a gift. Yeah, that's a great, a great, yeah, that's sure. a hot bill for some stuff. Sounds fun for all of us. <laughs> yeah, no, that's that's really good because it's like, like, you'll enjoy it and he'll enjoy it. And like, if you two enjoy it, then obviously... We're having a good time too, right? Yeah, it's like when we drop Twin Peaks references. We enjoy it, so therefore, therefore you'll enjoy it. <laughs> we're having a good time. Why? And we'll never stop. What's wrong with you? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So, Mick Foley came out uh, after this segment, and he appeared to be covered in a clear, viscous liquid. Sorry, the SmackDown Crawl is a PG show. I had written down my notes, Mick Foley is covered in cum, what? Uh, um, but he had a lot of li- thick liquid on him, Adam. He came out onto the stage as if to say, like, oh, I'm tearing up, and you got King on commentary going, like, oh, Mick's turned on the waterworks! But he's literally just gotten, like, a big gloop of hair gel and rubbed it down his face. He looks so disgusting. I, mean, I know it's romantic, at all and but I mean Jesus Christ like you know if your romantic gesture ends in that bukkake <laughs> yeah I mean I have a funny feeling that you've you've lost the romance along the way it's when uh, these two things are usually mutually exclusive <laughs> <laughs> so Mick Foley had a big idea how are you going to follow up the world famous brother sister mixed tag match from last week's Raw easily on this week's Raw we had the first ever Husband-wife mixed tag team match. Okay. Where once again, the husband and wife were not a part of the contest. And Rock and Lita was going to be taken on uh, Triple H and Stephanie. Now, unless anyone's been reading my great fanfic from an Angel Fire site back in the day. <laughs> the Rock and Lita, as of note, are not in a relationship, yet alone in the throes of holy matrimony. Not even close, mate. So how come Triple H and Steph didn't do the tag boogaloo? I don't remember. Why didn't they do it? Because Stephanie was like, oh, I guess we're teaming up this week. Show me that move you were showing oh, Trish Stratus. Yeah. Week. Like, okay, all you gotta do is you gotta bend over, you gotta press up against my groin, you gotta put your hands in between your legs, make sure it's really awkward, and uh, yeah, it's real good, Trish. No, Steph! No! No! She immediately gets pissed and starts storming off, and you got Triple H there, like, but God, Steph, geez, I'm nervous, okay? Come on, give me a break. And uh, luckily, the production assistants made sure there were no lamps uh, nailed down or otherwise <laughs> so Triple H is just left with his emotions like <laughs> nothing that he can fail at grabbing this week he can't process the grief Adam without a lamp to grasp in his hands and not throw went right through his fingertips <laughs> so yes Tristratus ends up being his mixed tie team partner and uh, it didn't end well for him as The Rock bopped him with a chair and they landed in an awkward position yeah Triple H's Willie landed right on Trish's face. Now, this was an unpleasant experience for all those involved for a number of reasons, notably Trish Stratus, whose body was dwarfed 
by the large, I've just wrestled the main event on Raw body of Triple H. Yeah, I'm a pretty big dude, but I think having Triple H lay down on top of me like that would cause me to suffocate. Especially with his groin in my fucking face as well. And what a lot of people don't know about, like, if you've never felt a wrestler mid-match or after a match, like... (laughs) I don't think a lot of us have, but we can imagine the thick layer of film over them. I tapped Tess in the back when I saw him in Salt Hill in Galway because I wanted to let him know that he shouldn't sweat the Sandman. I was like, don't worry, big guy, you got this. You're ECW through and through. And I gave him a tap and I was like, ugh. You know, it was that kind of like, ugh. You know, just that weird... It's like when Bart and Homer get into the kangaroos. There's a, there's a lot more, there's a lot more mucus that they let on. It's not as fun as it seems on SmackDown. So I think Triple H landing on on Trish there. That's a that's an unpleasant situation for all those involved. Big heavy sweaty man with his muffler right in your face. It's time for SmackDown number fifty. <laughs> We're in Birmingham, Alabama way, and I was like, ooh, does that mean we'll get a get a little bit of a, a return? Guess who's back? <laughs> back again. Bob Holly is not back again. I'm still injured. No, he, he's gone. But guess who is in catering, meeting with all his friends? <laughs> Bob Holly's there. He doesn't care that he's not booked. He, he's probably in a bad mood tonight. Like, Most know, likely, yeah. You know, probably like not got a lot to say. Arm in a big sling, you know. Or maybe he didn't go to catering. You don't want to see the boys see him struggle with a knife and fork. I think the way he'd look at it is. Who cares? Kevin? Yeah, right. Who cares? We all know where he is. He's sitting at home in Mobile with a loaded handgun waiting for Kurt Angle to come <laughs> around. the job. Jesus, someone check the loop. If they're going by Mobile, Kurt's in big <laughs> trouble. Like, <laughs> Triple H starts things off in a car park. Hmm. I find that, find that if we say car park instead of parking lot, it makes it a lot less cool, doesn't it? Like, <laughs> you know, so like I'm going to fight you in the parking lot. He's out there waiting for you in the parking lot. Or like, Stone Cold got run down in the car park. Nah. Doesn't sound as good, no, like. It's, yeah, because I think for Americans, they probably picture like a nice park with some greenery, maybe a car on a swing or something <laughs> like that. So Triple H is, uh, is, is incensed about uh, last Monday and last week. Trish comes up to him trying to, uh, you know, Trish is uh, for, for, for a heel and a witch. She's doing a lot of apologizing and considerate, you know, explanations recently. What did she do? She. What did she do? What, she, no, seriously, what did Trish do? She was in an awkward situation. Yeah. And I think she just wanted to acknowledge that she knew it was an awkward situation and it was embarrassing for her. It's probably embarrassing for him. No hard feelings. This is all your fault. You did this, you pain. She uh, labelled bad news. Yep. Bad news. Bad news. Bad news. That's so unfair. As big a fan as I am of Trish Stratus circa the year 2000 and Team VAT, I really think it would have been a lot better if all four of those guys were up above in a, in a, in a, in a big cherry picker. Uh, hey, Trish Stratus, maybe next week you won't be around. <laughs> Uh, he'd never say that though, would he? He never was. Oh, he'd love her to be around. He'd love her to be around every week. Like Starting things off here tonight. Got a little bit of cruiserweight action. Or light heavyweight, should I say. A Scotty Too Hottie takes on X to the P to the A to the Ack. And Road Dog's on commentary because it mm. went so well last week. Mm. Oh, goodness. Why? 
why, why do we have to have the road dog once again being a little bit quiet and a little bit nervous? We're starting SmackDown! Well, this honestly, it really felt to me like after Undertaker fought Goldberg in Saudi Arabia and he was like, that sucked. I Right now, get me in a match yeah. with someone else right get away. Get me Drew McIntyre. I think Road Dog was like, oh, last week was so bad. G- give me one more shot, yeah. guys. Come on, give me one last chance to prove what a talented man I am on the mic. He did not do very well here. He did not. Uh, he did not live up to the moniker of, of of someone who's meant to be good on the mic. Me and X Pac, we got a friendly thing going on here lately, man. But that's how it is. You know, if you don't care about the storyline, I'm not sure if I'll care much about the storyline, Mister nah. James. Nah. What could we do back in the day when it was in the year 2000 and he was doing storylines that we didn't like? We couldn't even tweet him and get blocked. What's what's what? <laughs> no what, outlet, like. what is the boy to do like? <laughs> We got some real great stuff between Scotty and X-Pac. There's a lot of comedy here at the start. There's loads of, like, dancing. Scotty's all high energy. They do a double kip-up spot as well. Really like that. I got a couple of questions for you, though. Since when did Scotty Tuhati hook up in a match? Yeah, I thought this. There's a bit where X-Pac's, like, bashing his head in the turnbuckle, yeah. right? And he keeps doing the sort of... Ah! And like... he's, like, pulling up the hair. Yeah. And then I was thinking about this, but then I thought, more importantly... How does Scotty Too Hotty keep that hair up like that? Because mm. it's an, it's impressive. Mm. And, you know, as a kid, you're just kind of like, wait, his hair is wacky. But, like, as a grown-up, you're just kind of like, how did he how did he achieve that lift? Because he's wrestled some long matches. You mm. know, you look at his match with Dean Malenko. He went, you know, a good 15 minutes, a proper... He's not just tagging in and dancing around. Scotty's a good worker. How does it stay up like that? Well, that's it. As messy as it might get sometimes, it never goes flat. It goes down. It goes side to side, maybe more up. I would have figured hairspray. Joanna suggested that maybe he uses glue like an old school punk would do. Whatever it is, I think it's quite clear it was bad for him. Because like between bleaching it and doing whatever that was, he is so bold these days. Yeah, and not like kind of... Not in the sense that... You know, you can look at people here, you can look at Kurt here, you can look at loads of wrestlers on this roster and kind of go, yeah, you're, you're going bald there. So like, that, that's happening for you soon. Like, even mm. Triple H, you can tell a little bit like, sure, that was entirely a good corporate sleek look there. Yeah, you, mm, you like sure. that? Yeah, sure thing there. And yeah, you don't see it at all with Scotty. No, he don't, he's got a perfectly fine head of hair at the minute. What you do for the cheers of the fans, like... Maybe it was a fire, now that I think about it, like... <laughs> I mean, if this would not suit you as a firefighter, this haircut it, that he has. It's gotta be hazardous. If he cuts out the top of his helmet to let his hair come up through it. And then you, like, have Scotty try to go, like, if you put out that fire, this is, like, a, literally a fire coming out of his hair. <laughs> ah! <laughs> Every time he tries to put out the fire as well, he has to do the W-O-R. Come on! People are dying. Who? Who? My baby! The Bronco Buster misses in the corner, and then Scotty does the worm, and Road Dog puts it over. All right on the throat, man. (laughs) (laughs) That son of a bitch. Like uh, X Pac gets a rope break, and then he hits the X Factor. X Pac wins, nice and clean. Mm. Road Dog hoists his bucket hat in victory. I like that. We're putting over that X Pac can put away someone without having to cheat. It's been a while. It's been a while. Yeah, (laughs) you know. Arriving now to the backstage car park area, it's Stephanie McMahon Helmsley in her angry limo. I need space, Hunter. Oof. Now, this was not what I originally remembered as, which was this the episode where Stephanie McMahon goes to space. <laughs> wait, wait till the Galactic Federation get a load of the billion dollar princess, am I right? No, she needs space. Yeah. And then Triple H is like, oh, okay, and 
Triple Cook decides he's gonna like stalk her and like walk up real close anyway. He follows her and then he just gets space. in front of her. Like, uh, how about now? <laughs> no. Well, when you mean space, you mean me right here, right? No, space! Oh, it's great seeing Triple H like this. Oh, I love it. He's just like, he can't do anything. Like, because normally Triple H, when he has a problem, he's qu- pretty quick to smooth it over. He knows the right wheels to grease or how mm. to get his way. With Steph, he, he can't make things right. He just keeps making it worse. I think what was particularly brilliant about this is that as soon as you have Stephanie walk off, then you had Kurt straight away. Yep. Sorry about everything that's gone on. I'm a great listener. You just want to rap about this. You know, I'm here for you. Just as a friend. I swore he was going to try and hook her here. Yeah, it looked like it. The the, the coded language, good listener, means terrible hugger. (laughs) (laughs) Cut to earlier in the evening when we had a little bit of a grassroots viral marketing campaign, Adam. We got the street team out here. What do they want to happen? It's Occupy Birmingham. They want to save the hoes, baby. Yeah, all the hoes who are now out of work because, as you so lovelyly put it, they miss their pimp. They miss their pimp. They're yeah. actively campaigning to get the Godfather back. They're, they're just like headless chickens Listless, hosed out of him. Like, like, you know. like, how, how do we do it? Like, How do we get men that are interested in sex? We don't know. Lisa Marie Varon, a.k.a. Victoria, a.k.a. Tara, a.k.a. a fucking fabulous wrestler. Mm-hmm. You don't need no Godfather. You don't. You absolutely don't. You're going to go and have a great career and use tattoos music without asking their permission. <laughs> yeah, that's what you're going to do. Oh boy, here we go. Haven't had one of these in a while. We've got a new faction, Adam, which is the, as yet to be confirmed named, but alluded to as being The Conspiracy. Now, if The Conspiracy, much like other unknown shit factions like... Don't let me forget it. Like The Union... Up yours, Adam. Their music started off with a... If you had to attribute a sound effect to the conspiracy, yeah. what would you go with? Oh, it's interesting that you went with, because I would have went with a very similar noise, which is the, from the start of Unsolved Mysteries. The, it's kind of it like, stretches out. Yeah, like, it yeah. stretches out and inverted it a little bit, like modified it. Like, you know? <laughs> so I would have to go with that. How about you? I honestly don't know. Maybe like an Aruga or something like that. Or how, because like, it's a confusing mystery and a mm. conspiracy. Maybe it starts out with a, uh, <laughs> like, you know? And that's a real, like, whoa, what's going on? Like, you know, not even Tim Allen, the salt of the earth can figure out what's going on here. They also refer to this group as, and I quote, a friendly conspiracy as well. <sighs> okay. Conspiracy, conspiracy, friendly neighborhood conspiracy. <laughs> <laughs> Who is the conspiracy, Kevin? The conspiracy, C O N, spiracy, consists of no genes anyway this week because the big show is, is dropped. That, that has been dropped from the conspiracy. The denim is gone. Yeah, no denim. No denim. The conspiracy, even though they've yet to be seen on screen with them, Shane confirms Edge and Christian are part of the conspiracy. Also missing here from this promo, Kurt Angle, also okay. part of the conspiracy. The crippler, Chris Benoit. Part of the conspiracy. Big Show. Also part of the conspiracy. Also, all of the men in the ring, and he, I guess Edge and Christian are the exceptions. This all the men in the ring have got the same haircut. Yes, that's very true. Now, obviously, Big Show is bigger, and therefore his head is bigger, and his haircut is like if you put his haircut on Chris Benoit, you look like Barry from EastEnders. Yeah, it's too wrong. big. Yeah, you look wrong from. But that is part. I'm just trying to 
I'm, I'm trying to draw the lines together here, Adam. Get this conspiracy. Yeah. Figure it out, like. That's the uniform. They got the same boring-ass Lego haircut, like. Look, they want you to think that the conspiracy was a failed angle that didn't really work because we couldn't effectively push the big show in time for uh, for SummerSlam, yeah? They want you to think that. They want you to think they wind this down before they formally name it or formally get anything going here. They want you to think that and have been getting you to think that hook, line, and fucking wink-wink for 19 <laughs> years, Yeah. We're going to blow this conspiracy wide open, Adam, if it takes another 50 episodes of SmackDown to do it. I don't see this fizzling out because of Big Show, because if there's one thing he is here, it's motivated. Oh, yeah. How can we tell that Big Man is motivated other than he's got his tan lines from OVW? What's what's the motivation for the Big Man? He When he's coming on the apron, puts his hands on the top rope, hops in the ring. Yeah. He jumps over them ropes, baby. So he's going to try and impress JR with that? I guess. Yeah. Well, guess what there, big man? I see your impressive display of athleticism, and I raise you three anecdotes about you eating all of my wife's apple butter. (laughs) I read JR's blog every week for years. (gasps) And Big Show and Apple Butter, the the two of those things, like like Steve Austin can't mention Rick Rude without him rolling. Yeah. Them joints, man, they were like egg rolls. Yeah. You know, he can't go what I'd say, but JR couldn't mention the Big Show. Well, I'd fucking mention apple butter, and he had, he had, he had, he had, that boy had a whole mess of it, you know? I'll never put him over. Never. Not in a million years. You could fucking jump over the goddamn building, and I'm still going to bury you. Uh, ben Wald does the good job guns when he gets name-dropped. Hey. Hey, there we My go. Friend. The charismatic enigma, Chris Benoit. And then the, the Shane refers to the faction as their first name here, which is this group. This Shane, I don't know if it was just me being picky or whatever, but he felt very like Tired. capital carnage, no hold bars kind of Shane, like just not in the mood. Yeah, like. tires. Yeah, like, he's not jet lagged or anything. He's no, just... he's just like you know he he had the unfortunate business of being brought back right after the whole McMahon and Helmsley faction was meant to kind of go away for a while. Mm. You know, Vince is gone and Vince, Vince has benefited so many times from going away. When he comes back, he'll be super fucking fresh and ready to do all this shit again for you to get sick of him all over. Shane's not afforded this. Shane's just right back out there. Mm. Stephanie's doing different stuff, I guess, because she, her and Triple H are having a different kind of a storyline. You know, she's not the same Stephanie that she was when DX is running roughshod. Shane is doing the same fucking ding dong. It's just a couple of different people. My theory was that all the traveling with the big show, it's got to be the cheeseburgers and the cigarettes that have caught up to him. Like, the, the lifestyle change has just made him sleepy all oh, the time. Oh, yeah, I forgot about big tobacco, Paul White. Like. Yeah, that, that's what I always hear about, like, 99 to 2001 big show being crap and unmotivated was cheeseburgers and cigarettes. Like, apparently no one could get him to lay off them. Big show with a big show promo or a big showmo, as they're also known. This was fucking deep dive. This was some character building. Add a few chapters to the character bible of the big show, Paul White, right here. He referenced the unholy alliance here. He did. He says that Undertaker must rue the day he turned his back on me and left me for dead in the desert. In the desert? And let me tell you, folks, you try making a tie out of snakeskin. It's a lot harder than it looks. He tried to make a coat out of me. (laughs) (laughs) And yeah, it's great because he says that he vowed that he would come back and be the biggest, meanest, nastiest freak. You're all, oh, you're halfway there. Live and not a prayer. <laughs> also, twice in this promo, Big Show goes, Booyah. I know. Oh, you've. Jesus. Uh, yeah. They show footage of them beating up Undertaker on Monday. 
<laughs> we see Big Show give him a choke slam, and he goes, Oh, yeah! Collarbone connected to the chin bone, right into the lights out bone! Oh, right here on the floor bone! Lights out! <laughs> so, yeah, he uh, he says that The Undertaker, when, yeah, when he came back, it was he's bigger than ever, he's more vicious than ever before. He's the American badass! Uh-uh. Oh? You're not the American badass, Homestice. I'm the American dumbass. Oh. You're, you're, you've, you have done it now. And yeah. I, I need to caution you that you're bordering on making a big mistake. Yeah. And I, I can't allow him to just think he can walk away. That's like, his policy. Mm. You know, that's his policy. Turn around. Yeah? Face the piper you're going to pay. Benoit has a little chat then, you know? And he's going to chat about Y2J Chris Jericho. Now, Adam... It's often been said that if you can't summarize your project aim into three objectives or so, then your objectives are too diffuse. Because mm-hmm. they do start off with like, oh, look what we did to The Undertaker. We, you know, we took him down. It's like, okay, that's who they're after here. And they've announced it later on. It's going to be Rock and Kane mm-hmm. taking on Big Show and Benoit. So I figured Benoit's going to have some words for The Rock. Yeah, because they've feuded together for a little while now. Like, You know, no, he's talking about Jericho, who's not here tonight, so he, he's involved in there. And then Shane McMahon, maybe Shane, the leader of the group, he's going to give us a little bit Tie of a... Uh, together. No, he like, starts going off on about the Hardy Boys. The fuck, dude? Your objectives are so fucking diffuse. Yes. Has Shane ever been in the same room as the Hardy Boys on screen? Like, have we ever seen them interact? I don't know. This It just felt like so all over the place. And like... It's always hard when you've got the big heel problem when everyone's passing the microphone and I've got a problem and I've got a problem. But it's like, it's not as if all of these are like long-standing feuds. Mm. No, it's it's not. This feels like a Survivor Series setup where it's like, we hate these five goodies. Whoa, what's going to happen next? It's like the upper mid-card has got a bone to pick with the rest of the upper mid-card or whatever. Lame. Shane has a big announcement. It is the tag match which was already announced by Michael Cole earlier in the night. Great. And then we get uh, an interesting little, little ribbon on this. This is how we're going to sign off the conspiracy here. A little bit of a calling card. Jesus. If if you will. Big sniper Paul White here. What's uh? He pulls out the fingers like he's going to do like a fun, like a Scott Hall. I'm going to point at you, NWO. Over the top of the head. The big dramatic point. But then it turns into (gasps) a sniper rifle aiming right in the hard camera. And then Shane goes, tonight you will be our targets of destruction. And then Big Show, what does he do? He goes boom. Hey, we, we rewind that a few times and then they play no chance in hell and they leave fucking hell targets of destruction targets of de- honestly Shane you are having a bad night dude like when he said targets of destruction I immediately got vibes of corporate ministry and like not when it was fun like when no, it first started and the Shane, janky corporate yeah, ministry yeah and Shane has to be a character he wasn't comfortable with being which is being like haha no one can stop our demonic pain <laughs> So, Rock, Kane, you're the targets of destruction, and you better change your strategy. Ah. Whoa, wait a minute. Hang on. The conspiracy. Wait a minute. We literally a couple weeks ago had the, the fucking Dallas um, five-second pose from Edge and Christian. We like, did, yes. Are they get? <laughs> is it like a assassination conspiracy Are now, you telling like sniper me sniper rifle? The big show was the lone gunman? He was on the grassy knoll. He was the grassy knoll. He was so big that people thought, like, that's not a man, that's Whoa. a knoll. Are you <laughs> telling me big grassy knoll white was all in this since the get-go? Oh my god! Call the po- get me Oliver Stone. Well, it's the big no. <laughs> 
big nasty sniper. <laughs> <laughs> we cut back to the vat room, and it's Trish there hanging out with her her boys, TNA Val Venus, and then Steph. She makes a beeline right in there, and my God, she cusses out Trish Stratus. This is kind of like. You've given me bad service, and you know your manager's not here, so you just have to sit here and just take it, like, you know? Well, it's it's worse than that. It's like you've got that, but the three ineffective supervisors who are stood there and just like, oh, I'm sure she can sort it out herself. This like, is Julie Hart given out to the DX. Uh, yeah. And the, uh, the, the, the yeah. Survivor Series. And Looking at her feet. Tess is like, I don't know what to tell you, man. I'm sorry. You've got these uh, three giant men that are just like, oh, Stephanie, I'm glad I'm not on her bad side right now. I'll be honest, like, they have built up Tristra like you know it's it's interesting watching back now not when I just have a crush on her but like watching now and actually seeing you know what alongside Leah who's really super over as a face they've done a really good job of getting Trish over despite the fact she has no fucking wrestling skills at the moment Mm-mm. as a pretty good heel she's yeah. got her stable she always seems to get one over on people and if she's going to be built up against China at SummerSlam you want to see her get the fucking shit knocked out of her by a you know by China or whatever mm-hmm. that's what you hope my god she got completely like all her heat went tonight, I thought. She yeah. apologizing to Triple H. Yep. Oh, I'm sorry, Steph. And then Steph comes out and is like, you're fucking shit. And she just stood there going, like, uh. You know, like if, if Steph walked away and then she was like, how dare she speak to me like that. Mm. But no, she just like, oh, I guess I'm, I messed up. Yeah, she just gets browbeaten and then looks sad about it. She like. seemed like every other kind of wide-eyed, like ineffective female character ever that mm. they've had. Where it's like, no, Stephanie is the only female heel. Don't you forget it. Yeah, legit. And we, like, I think we said a couple of weeks ago, we were worried that we weren't going to see much of VAT anymore because it seemed like they were kind of wrapping up that act and Val was going to separate. But when I saw them all together here, I was like, oh, great, maybe they're going to bring them into the fold here. Like, they're generally, to try and get this love triangle thing a little bit more juice, they've chumpetized Trish in the process. And it just seems like a shame after all the good work they've done. I think if they didn't have this bit here, there would probably be a worry amongst the, the, the creative brackets of Stephanie and Triple H that Stephanie would seem like too much of a of a loser yeah that she's just kind of sitting around and this stuff is happening and all she's going to do is you know is nag at triple h and nothing's going to happen for it whereas here you can see stephanie being really vicious against someone and they'd be like damn steph don't mess with stephanie she's a mcmahon maybe it could also be a bit of triple h being like well no one's gonna buy stephanie being in a coat so maybe i need to do something to yeah piss her off. right like, exactly yeah. that's it this is such an unnecessary garnish here yeah. it's so unnecessary i'll tell you what though watching this all eyes for me were on test <laughs> you know because like, keeping an eye on that nose i was keeping an eye on test because it's interesting anytime steph's on screen and then test is mm. there i'm like will the big man try and like kind of sell it a little bit at the start he's kind of like yeah i know what this is all about then he just gave up I've just remembered this. These two, Steph yeah, and Trish. Remember. One day he's going to be at WWF New York, going. I can't wait to see who's the biggest, skankiest hoe out of these two girls. Bro. Oh dear. Do you see his jean shorts? Yeah. I know they weren't shorts. Those were jean shorts. <laughs> yeah. What's the distinction? Like not even John Cena can pull these off. They were just they're rubbish. That's yeah, what it is. Straight up, like backstage, Triple H is having a bad day. This is one of the hardest pops we've ever done at the SmackDown Crawl, I think. Yeah, now, fans of the SmackDown Crawl, you've been listening for a while, you know, our favourite recurring character on the Crawl is the large platter of hummus and yep. crudites. And that's usually, it's a, it's a family experience, you know? It's a, it's for the whole regime or for everyone, all of DX. Everyone from Gerald Briscoe to Bull Buchanan can have yeah. a bit. And tonight, in the corner, at the bar, 
on his own. Saddest man that there ever was. Oh. Triple H horse in that big platter into himself, all on his own. All alone. Oh. <laughs> but then, as soon as Steph walks into the room, he like steps the fuck away from it. Like, I wasn't needing. Nope. Nope. Uh-uh. Uh-uh. So Stephanie's still mad at Triple H. Mm-hmm. Harvey Whipman comes in, stealing Just Joe's thunder and says that Mick Foley wants to see them both now. That is literally a job for Just Joe. Yeah. Uh, they, they already given up on Joe. Right? Uh, he didn't do so good in that segment with the Acolyte side, you know. <laughs> you, you blew it, Joe. You absolutely blew it. Coming up next, four men I'm very happy to see in the ring with each other. Mm. Eddie Guerrero and Rikishi taking on Val Venus and Taz. China comes out looking the absolute definition of a fucking Greek goddess. She has never been more statuesque. Yeah, like, and it's ripped. They've got this China comic that's coming out and yeah. they, they show you all of it pretty much in this. <laughs> we have got to fucking get our hands on that. Absolutely. And it feels like, hey, we can make some money out of China, so let's actually put her over this week. Mm. Fuck that noise. Yeah, I know. They have a really, really fun bit here. I love it at the start. And this match is very, very short. This is almost like a house show vibe. Yeah. Where China on the outside, she smacks Val Venus with a big clothesline. And then Rikishi and Eddie hold China's hand. And they take turns stomping Val and kissing her hand. And she's like, you two. This is delightful. It was very delightful. And then lovely, just, you know, you got Taz and Val in there. You know, I don't, I don't think either of those guys have got a lot of heat at the moment. No. Especially not Taz. I think it was alright to do a little bit of house show good vibes with this one. Absolutely, yeah. This was a prop. We need this more often on SmackDown. Just a straight up feel good match. And it was around three minutes probably in total. Most of it was a hot tight to Rikishi where he cleared house. And then we had a frog splash from Eddie Guerrero. And I love the little wrinkle here. Yeah. Eddie went up on top. And I hadn't realised this until he looks at his elbow pad and he he starts kind of pulling out a little bit. And then he does the frog splash. And I was like, I think that was the first one he's done since he's come back from his injury. And it was. And they mentioned it on commentary Michael Cole, then. yeah. It's fucking, I love that little wrinkle. because great touch. It's a great move. But obviously Eddie fucked up his elbow doing it. And I like when they put across that all the moves that they do have an element of risk to them. Yes. And I think that's fucking awesome. I love that little story there. Just that little tiny little wrinkle. It made yeah. this match very special for me. It's great because Eddie's been wrestling quite a lot lately, but we've not seen him do that for a while. And it was just nice to acknowledge the fact that like, yeah, there's a reason he's not been doing it. And now it's back. And amazing that Eddie's went this entire run with China being super duper over as a good guy and not doing the frog splash as his finisher. yeah. Because I was like, no fucking way. How, what? What? He hasn't even debuted the lasso from El Paso yet. Yes, just a great character. People love him. Backstage, the Helmsleys are with Mick Foley, who first of all finds Stephanie for walking out in her match on Raw. Says it won't be too much, but obviously that is an issue that he has to address. And then he says that he knows that Stephanie and Kurt are more than just friends. (laughs) They're tag team partners. And Kurt shows up just in time for them to book. It's the Mick Foley special. Six-man tag. Six-man tag team match. You six sons of bitches. Holler, holler, holler. Whee! (laughs) (laughs) So it's going to be Kurt Angle, Triple H, and Stephanie McMahon taking on Lita and the Down Dudley Boys in a no DQ match. Oh, that's a main event. I was like, did you misspeak? Should it not be the Hardy Boys? No. But uh, we're going to get caught up on that now because it's time for our whack of the night. Mm. Who got whacked? Jeff got a concerto. I thought Joey Numbers got whacked for talking too much about the operation. <laughs> Fuck's sake. It was, uh, you know, right, it was a concerto to Jeff, yes. Hideous. A fucking horrifying maneuver. 
And then we cut to something even more horrifying. As traumatic to the brain as Jeff's chair shot was, this was traumatic to the fucking soul and to the ears. It's Matt and Jeff cutting a promo that involves pleading. Mm. Lita, please keep him back here. Jeff, come on, man. You're hurt. You can't get out there. But, man, Christian's going to be out there as well. But, Jeff, what about your brain, man? You got hurt by it. There's life after wrestling. You got to understand, I want you to see the life that's after wrestling. Lita, talk to him. But, man, Jeff, no. Oh, yeah. oh. 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 No. Don't speak. <laughs> Just please. <laughs> and, and Jeff as well. He's got like bruises on his face. He looks like his eyes are all over the shop. He's got a white shirt on and fucking leopard print trousers. He is literally wearing the same outfit that Terry wears later on. Really? Yeah, he is. <laughs> he's like, oh, he's been hit and he's meant to be, you know how salacious they are. Like, oh, he's all confused. He's worn the wrong clothes. Like. He's wearing his pajamas. Like. So coming up next. It's going to be Matt Hardy on his own some taking on the evil egg as he is accompanied to the ring by Christian. We can expect lots of interference and I love this because Matt goes for both guys straight away. That's really cool. Yeah, he knows that he's disadvantaged here and he's going to have to step up. What I don't like is he's wearing that fucking meat shirt again that looks yeah. disgusting. Not like shirt for the wrestler meat, a shirt that looks like it's made of meat. It's horrible. Honestly, a shirt that was a print of... The wrestler mate, you know him like tiptoeing to a locker room to put in a secret recording. It's more appealing than this shirt. Yeah, I hate this shirt so goddamn much. Cole has a difficult time in this one, and I don't think I've ever seen this as a, as a mistake, but here he goes. He accidentally calls Egg, Edge and Christian. <laughs> he thought one man was two. I know, it is confusing, but it's like my dad used to say, Michael, count the legs. <laughs> Moonsault Matt Hardy. Ooh. That was fucking impressive. Very impressive. Very I also nice. thought it was impressive when he dived to the outside onto two men and managed to still land on his knees. Jeez. There's a lot of this stuff happening where it's like, you know, nowadays if someone's going to go off the top rope to the outside, it's like, fucking crossbody, catch mm. me. And Matt Hardy's like, no, it looked much better if I do a double clothesline and land on my knees to the fucking outside. They can take it. It looked shit. Yeah, it and does it not look good. It looked very sore. Christian with constant interference acting like it's Smackdown vs. Raw 2007. They haven't figured out the AI for this manager business yet. They never will. Really? And then who appears? It's Jeff Hardy and his longtime friend, Ladder. Look out, he's got a ladder. He's also got a concussion king. Look out, he's got a weapon. He ain't afraid to use it. (laughs) This was so fucking horrible. Matt's fighting away. Jeff sets up the ladder on the outside. Climbs up to the top, goes, Whoa, oh no, my brain. And then just falls off the ladder. He flops onto the ropes. and goes, After going like, Ugh. Oh, it was so shit. Literally grabs his brain and goes, Whoa, and then collapses. He bounces off the top rope to splat. Mm. It was a real, like... It, it looked one, gross. Yeah, it was one of those great things where, like, it, it looked sick. I'm sure, it, you know, he just bounced on his tummy off the top rope. It was, compared to what Jeff usually did, it was mm. grand. When he came out, I was really worried they were just going to push him off the ladder yep i'd be like oh jeff has a concussion and he's falling off the ladder what's the finish gonna be because we've already used that one for sunday damn oh yeah this was uh this was a bit hard matt gets hit with a chair immediately after smashed dq Mm. edge and christian are fucking evil incarnate and yeah they're part of the conspiracy as well don't forget that oh yeah don't forget all tied together yeah all of this you know and all it's all connected Booyaka Booyaka 619 K Mysterio backstage I'm with mm, the rock I've had it 
50 episodes of this fucking nonsense. Yeah. And I, I thought it would be as simple as finding the list and getting rid of it. You're telling me now there's multiple lists in multiple yeah. places. This idiot over here is like, oh, I'm going to, I'm going to, like, oh, I'm going to stop the mafia. I'm going to get the informant. As if there's one. Yeah. Like, like Hydra, every time you cut off a head, we will allude to Nazism, but not actually specifically outright say it and two more heads will come as well you, the marvel hydra i was the thinking marvel of the, hydra. i was thinking of the hydra from hercules like wait when was that a nazi <laughs> i love, I love <laughs> that in marvel where it's like kind of there's a line where it's like and we kind of disassociate ourselves from hitler and that because he wasn't he wasn't on board with what we were doing we're a different fascist germanic entity good clean fascism from separate entirely yeah. from the the one that also happened during world war ii in germany Can, can't you get your head around that What's the matter? Are you too stupid? <laughs> Kevin Kelly. Kevin Kelly. With The Rock. With The Rock. Okay. Anyone can be Chris Benoit. That that line is not aged well. I don't like that. Yeah. Nope. That's not good. Anyone on any given night can be Chris Benoit. And uh, how does he make Kevin Kelly become Chris Benoit or the K Rippler? I've used two here tonight, folks. Okay. Generosity flowing. You know, if you want to use them all now. I, I, I would actually allow you to take a good 20 oh. minutes, get them all out of the way with, and then never, ever, ever fucking do one again. No, no, Please. sorry, I can't do it. Like, like it's one of these things, it's like, you know the way, like, when some people love to pop a, pop a spot? Not me, by the way, but some people love to pop a spot. Mm. Like, you can't pop them all at once. When you can, like. You could. Not wrong with that. But there would be a collateral damage that would affect the long-term efficacy of your, of your enjoyment, so... Gonna, gonna this is there. affecting the long-term efficacy of my enjoyment, this, Kevin. This, like. this would do much worse. So the K Rippler now, and how's he? How's he? Uh, how's he, Chris Benoit? Well, The Rock makes everyone comfortable. But he's just... so bad. He turns his like back to the camera, and he's all massive, and he's yep. like towering over Kevin. Shut Ke- your mouth! Now open your mouth! Oh, let me put my hands in your mouth. Hold still. And rip out your tongue. Like, it's so fucking scary. And also, I so- thought that he was going to do it. And he'd be like, "If you smell," and he just wave Kevin Kelly's oh. tongue around. Look, look at the tongue. Look at the tongue. <laughs> I-, I will say as well, while he's got his back turned to the camera and he's got his belt over his shoulder. Oh yeah. And the title belt is right up close. You can see one of the side plates in a lot closer detail than you normally do. And they don't have custom side. This custom side plate business is a pretty recent. A very edition. recent. Yeah. I-, I love me some custom side plates, by the way. It's a nice idea. But back then, it was as far as I know, one and the same for everybody. But his side plate here, it says World Wrestling Federation. It's got a little logo and a little globe. And underneath it at the bottom, it says JMAR 2K. Hmm. Oh, sorry. It's just dawned on me. What? Do you reckon that's January to March 2000? JMAR 2K. It's J hyphen MAR 2K. Yeah, but we're, we're in August. We're now. in August. But I know for a fact they have different belts for different loops and different TV shows and whatnot. And I'm pretty sure he didn't win this at a, at a wrestling video game tournament. I wonder if they've not got the right belt with them tonight and they're using the January to March 2000. I don't... Is what, that it? What the fuck? I don't know. I really want to... I, my only other thought as well was that... Because I know they, they go to outside hires for yeah, for do. the belt designs. Mm. That maybe that was the, you know, that was the nom de plume of the artist. Like, JMR 2000. I would honestly, and this is the best thing about being on the crawl, is that there are all these weird little bits that no one gives a shit about that we mm. all get to find out together. So if you do know about this, do let us know in the comments below or hit us up on Twitter. It'll be very interesting to find out if we can, because I know there's some serious belt aficionados out there. Adam. Yeah, yeah, definitely. People take it serious. Yeah, people want to keep their pants up, and I understand <laughs> why. So that aside, he goes in front of Kevin Kelly. We can't see what's going on. We just know he's got his hands in his mouth, and then he comes back round, 
and Kevin Kelly's trembling. Yeah, and really. He's got a little sad face on him. And Rock's like, "Open your damn mouth, smile for the people." And he's got a little tooth blacked out, so he looks like he's missing a tooth. So there you go. And Kevin Kelly will spend the rest of this promo literally trembling. Yeah, the, the tremble. I don't know if I, I agree with. It's it's hard to kind of say. It's like it's all just a bit of fun and all that. And you know, Foley did write in his book how he felt that as a, as a babyface, it was a failing of the Rock that he was. He was a bully. I think the way Kevin reacts to The Rock could make it seem less like Rock's a bully. Yeah, if they had him go like, you know, the way Cole used to always go like, oh man. Oh dude, come on. Why you always like this when there's a camera on? Yeah, but Kevin Kelly is like, no, I'll do whatever you want, Rock, you know? (laughs) Okay, please. Can I go, please? Please don't send me back to Jacked. (laughs) (laughs) And The Rock also says, now that the big show is back, he's got free reign to do this. Big pop, big pop, big callback. He knows what we like. Yes. All right, Rock, we forgive you for the Kevin Kelly business because of that. (laughs) Ah, it's the RC Egg Cola Egg of the Week. RC Egg Cola. It's FDA disapproved. (laughs) It is Big Show choke Simon Kang last week through through a table. Cool. So there you go. Coming up next... Big Show and Chris Benoit representing this group, taking on Kane and The Rock. Where's The Rock? He leaves his partner high and dry. It's two on one. What will The Big Show and Chris Benoit do? What was even left of Kane? Rocky, Rocky, Rocky. It's it's every time I see this now, I hate it more and more that The Rock has to make the save. I'll tell you what, though, Adam. I'll tell you what, he got away with it for like 18 years. That's true, it took a long time to clock it. And we can all admit this now, this as a concept had a good run. It did work, yeah. You know, I'm sure the first time Dusty Rhodes did the Dusty Finish, people were like, yeah, all right. Mm. And then, you know, he didn't get 18 years of that, I did it. Yeah, that's you know? true, that's true. <laughs> so, I mean, this is a bit of a... a bit of a jumble this match no one's going to kind of give away too much in this one a big show and Kane taking the lion's share of this one yeah and they take quite a lot of time in the middle of the ring Kevin is that why something as simple as Kane doing a running clothesline against the ropes looks like a fucking god awful like two buses head on collision Yes, because they are not in their comfort zone. They are not in the corner where they want to be right now. They're scared. It was really fucking clunky stuff. Uh, Yeah, Kane has really gotten over his dominant over Benoit in particular. Rock cleans house. But Shane, interfering like a madman, comes in with his special chair shot finisher, which is a thing of beauty. He does it like nobody else. Then we get Air Canada and Chris Benoit. Anyone can be him. Beats The Rock in the middle of the ring. I'm not really sure... To what end Benoit really feels now he has a lot his association here is taking away because he's went from being Shane's guy to being one of Shane's five henchmen. Yep. And he's gone from feuding with The Rock to feuding with Jericho when he's not here. Mm. I'll guess I'll fight The Rock in the meantime. Hot pursuit now. We got Kane going after Shane McMahon, and you know that Big Show's gonna give chase, like mm. this is the thing, it makes like Shane is crawling away and Kane has to kind of slowly chase him because he knows Big Show's meant to stop him. But Big Show is taking too long, so Kane is just like And Big Show's there like He's so fucking slow. And then yeah, up on top of the stage, Big Show opens it up, and then he chokes Sam's Kane through the stage into the concrete below. Mm-hmm. Holy fuck, I did not remember Big Show laying out Kane 
and The Undertaker. These two have been pretty much untouchable. Yeah, brothers of destruction. Both of them. And then Big Show, when he raises his hands in the air, looks fucking knackered like it killed him to do this. (laughs) Wiped him out. I hope there's no more of these guys because... That's it, I'm done, man. Like, He's like already getting his cigarettes out of his pocket. <laughs> like, he managed... Oh. It's impressive, though, Adam. The big man managed to take out Kane, Undertaker, and The Big Show all in one... <laughs> <laughs> all in one fell swoop. He just took out the three biggest men in the WWF. Uh, stretch a job for Kane, but we get kind of like ongoing stuff throughout the night that Kane is refusing medical attention, then embracing it, then refusing it, yada, yada, yada. Mm. RTC go to the APA offices... This is gold. I love it. They're still outside the door and they're like, and they're definitely not in, yeah? They've left. Okay, let's do this. And they still go through the door and sneak in. They're like... not wild men, Adam, you <laughs> no. know? They're, they're, they're They've civilized. Got They've got manners. They would have wiped their feet as well if they put out a doormat. And yeah, what they kind of do to, to get heel heat is they clean up. Yeah. Like, they do go into the, the filing cabinet and take out all the beers. And that's obviously heel, but not... After they take away all, like, they empty the ashtray and get rid of all the empty beer cans. It's basically this clean up. Like, they're the nice people the night after the party. You're like, oh, it's a little whip brown downstairs. So, you know, it's nice. It's, you know, it's not a big mess. I've got all the cans out. All no, that, no, you no. Know? They're, they're the flatmate after the party that's like, I cleaned up for you last night. Good, good party last night, you wasn't it? Good time. Yeah. Ah, uh, cool. You know, the acolytes like to have a good time because they have an entire drawer in their filing cabinet full of packs of cards. They are—they must be magicians on the side or something. There is no reason to have Look, that many they, packs. I, addiction is a serious thing. Ron Simmons couldn't make it through a, a whole show without eating at least two packs of playing cards. <laughs> you know, and it's hard, but that's the way it was. You know, that everyone has their vices. And that was it for Ron Simmons. So we know they're doing this in the name of censorship because they've got a cardboard box with a big red Right to Censor logo on it. Did you see the little bit of character work with The Godfather? Or should I I say The Goodfather? I love this. He's like, look at this! And it's the biggest cigar you've ever seen. Doesn't he give it like a little sniff or something? He's looking at it like he's tempted. It's Bilbo with the ring right here. Like... (laughs) (laughs) Action scared me. (laughs) Yeah, he snaps it in two. He does. That's how you know he's dead and buried, man. May, you'll get deported to Cuba for shit like that. That's serious business. And then they have insult to injury, laminate stickers everywhere. They leave a little note saying you've been censored. The, the branding on these lads is brilliant. I'm surprised they didn't leave a bill. That would have been a nice touch, I think. <laughs> Coming up next, hardcore tile on the line as the European champion, Perry Saturn, takes on Steve Blackman. This was a very, very short and sweet affair. Blackman was swinging a chain at the start like he's a baddie in Streets of Rage. Yeah, scary. And they just threw at him. Yeah, tough guy. Terry's involved in this one a lot. She hits Blackman with a bin lid. She sprays a fire extinguisher at him. Yeah, Cole says it's perfectly Lego in this match, of course. (laughs) She gets in more offense than Perry Saturn himself, yeah, I think. Yeah, I, I would have said so, actually. I was expecting her to win the belt, genuinely. And uh, we get a quick run-in from Al Snow, who does a drive-by with head, which made an ungodly thud. Mm. Like, yikes. It made me, noise. Yeah, it made me think that I wouldn't want to take that if I was uh, in, in the business of professional wrestling in the year 2000. So I think we're alluding to a head cheese reunion of sorts? I don't know, but mm. Blackman picks up the win because of Al. Too, too quick to really to overstay its welcome or yeah. to have any impact at all, really. The APA arrive backstage. They're obsessed. Uh, you missed out on there was another ho-test going on, Kevin. Oh, sorry. Ho-test. There's a ho-test where they're getting all the children to chant along. Save our hoes. Yay. 
Boys and girls love the hose. They do. Every boy and girl in America. Lo- well, it seems to be mostly the boys looking from this crowd here. It seems to be. And um, when I say boys, I mean young men. <laughs> it seems to be the coveted 18 to 25 male demographic is really who's out there chanting for this. Oh, there's plenty of children there being made to chant as well. Don't you worry. Yay! The APA arrived backstage and they're pissed off. Looks like they're going to become the ACA, the Acolyte Collection Agency. It's good. I like that. It's good. Good Sorry. joke. Backstage, Triple H and Stephanie are having more arguments. It's Triple H was like, yeah, let's talk about some strategy. And Stephanie's like, yeah, I don't want to get changed with you. I need space, Hunter. Yeah. So off he goes. What do you mean you won't change in front of me? You're my damn wife. Sorry, Triple H. You got to go change with the rest of the smelly boys. All right. Interesting what happens here next. We got Stephen Richards coming out with RTC. It is announced as Stephen Richards with Bull Buchanan and the Good Father. Yeah. And he's like, hey, bye. And then the APA comes yeah, out literally. straight away. And then the bell rings. It's like, yeah, it's a tag match. And Stevie's not in it. No, it's it's Bull and Good Father against the uh, Acolytes. And I couldn't imagine they're going to work long because Bradshaw ain't going to get no fallen arches resting for more than five minutes in cowboy boots. Mm, honestly. Absolutely not. You mentioned something about when you watch uh, Farouk wrestle on SmackDown. He's got a special speed. He's in a mad rush all the time. Like, he's just desperate to get it over and done with. It's Every time we see Farouk with a bee in his bonnet, he is just like, move, move, move. More offense. Boom. Matches over. I'm going home. You like. pretty much get, like, all the APA high spots except for the clothesline from Hell and the double powerbomb. Mm. And then they get hit over there head with the 2x4 from Stevie's censorship sign and the scissors kick RTC pick up a pretty pretty big win in yeah, fairness they beat the APA yeah oh can you tell how miserable the Godfather is already with this mm. even as short this was this is probably the longest Godfather match he's yeah. had it's got like another six months of this to look forward to yeah backstage alright it's the road dog with Midian they're mates, I guess. Yeah, everyone's mates with Midian. Just Joe can't get a fucking word in edgeways Honestly, in this. Honestly, everyone's taking his spot, like... Unbelievable, like, taking the spot of Just Joe. One of the true legends of SmackDown. So we're getting a very real interaction. It is just Road Dog and Midian just chilling out, and he's talking about his little rivalry with X-Pot going on. And who walks in, Kevin? It's Triple H. Sad Triple H. And he's got to change with the rest of the boys like a fucking freak. Can you believe this? Stephanie won't even talk to me. She won't let me get changed in there. Like. And one of my favourite, like, just kind of lines you wish you heard more in wrestling. I'm sorry, I gotta go wrestle. <laughs> you know, I just, I gotta, I gotta go wrestle. I'm sorry. Like, it's a job for Road Dog. Yeah. It's, it, again, we talk about it all the time, but it's that living, breathing backstage mm. space. People have schedules. People have got stuff to do. People like, gotta go wrestle. Yeah. It's great. And Midian wants to know if he can borrow Triple H's toothbrush. No, no, you can't. Wet, wet. Huge XFL announcement and hugely bad production values. Oh man, come on, this is significant news though, Kevin, right? Yeah, it is. It's very, very big. Because the mayor of Birmingham is excited to welcome the XFL, Kevin! Yay, Birmingham's got a franchise. Just think, within 12 months we're going to be talking about the XFL happening all over again, dude. fucking Christ. It's coming back so soon. Well, I hope the fucking abject misery that has been the first half of the year 2019 in wrestling 
it's worth it. This better be the best fucking goddamn football ever. And I don't even like football. I'm expecting a lot. It better be Takeshi's Castle mixed in with fucking the big spider that comes in the future and Futurama. All this. Okay, you might want to maybe give it a miss. Then. Oh, no. Okay. Stone Cold Steve Austin, The Undertaker, in the main event of the first XFL Big oh, Cup God. game. Undertaker getting injections in his knees. <laughs> if Undertaker doesn't score a touchdown within the first week of the XFL, I'm fucking done with you, Vince McMahon. <laughs> Coming up next, Road Dog against Too Sexy, as he called him. It's Brian Christopher. Here he is. Or Grandmaster Sexy, as he's been known for... Ages. Five months. <laughs> Xbox on commentary. Okay. Yeah, within... This match, a lot of fast matches here tonight. Yeah, yeah. We have eight matches tonight. It's wild. a lot for SmackDown, even for SmackDown, where they come thick and fast. But X-Pac, on the 30 or so seconds where he's on commentary, manages to bury Chris Benoit. He's like, oh, you're having this friendly rivalry with the road dog, Jesse James. Uh, You know, do you think that you'd be doing well in there against Grandmaster Sexay? And he's like, well, you know, some people come out and they say they're the best technical wrestler. I mean, like... I gotta say what it is, man. I think I'm the best damn technical wrestler in the WWF. I mean, I, I prove it. I am. I'm the best. What the fuck? That's so rude. <laughs> like, you're not in a feud with him. If you were feuding over it, fine. That's one thing. But some random guy from a different feud in a different part of the card, like, nah, that's my gimmick, actually. Oh, I'm gonna go tie my shoes. Yeah, he says that, and then he gets up and just interferes. And this is what we have here is a failure to communicate and a failure for everyone to reconcile their various positions on the card and where their egos think they should be on the card as we have X-Pac interferes backfires roll up by Grandmaster we get a kick out then he hits the finisher the hip hop drop but then Scotty Too Hotty comes in but then X-Pac comes in as well then Road Dog just wins after a spin kick yeah X-Pac hits one spin kick on Grandmaster and he stays down for the count what the fuck is this a cryptic crossword Clay there shouldn't be this many layers to your finish also, this whole rivalry of, like, who's better between Road Dog and X-Pac? It's X-Pac! It's X-Pac. He won clean against Scotty Too Hotty, arguably the stronger of the two members of Too Cool. And one mere kick was enough to put away Too Sexy Brian Christopher for After the three. After Road Dog struggled to get the job done. Like. Yeah, oh, whatever, man. Road Dog wins. Fuck this busy bollocks. Yeah, that was absolute nonsense. I know we like the short, quick matches, but that was just overbooked. Overbooked nonsense. This never, never works. Yeah. By all means, make some noise, X-Pac. But this was too noisy, generally speaking. Yeah, you know? it was a headache. It could be noise without it being fucking static. And then Rikishi comes out and he beats up and runs off DX. I was a little uncomfortable with the ass-tapping triple team, where he kind of gives him a little friendly tap on the bottom. He pats Scotty's bum and then sends him into him, and then he pats Grandmaster's bum and sends him into him. It was the attitude era, man. It was the time right then, you know. Backstage, Triple H in the smelly regular locker room gets approached by Shane McMahon. Basically saying, look, you got to be logical. You got to talk to Kurt. You got to work this out. I'm not letting my sister get hurt. You don't want your wife to get hurt. Talk to Kurt, and then Kurt is just immediately there, like, "Hey guys, yeah, ah, the icy stairs." I, I love like they have a chemistry, and the chemistry is like legitimate tension. I yeah. think that comes to the fact that Triple H legitimately feels a bit tense around Kurt. Not since China and Miss Kitty has there been this kind of frostiness yeah. on the screen. Absolutely, we get the SummerSlam ad, which is China clotheslining a man. Yeah, she clotheslines a big man on the beach, and she's like, oh man, when will you learn? That Maybe you SummerSlam, that is, that is feminism in the year 2000. That, that is feminism, that is empowering. You go, girl. <laughs> a message to politicians. Fucking hell, my ears pricked up considerably. Is that the first time I've heard Vince McMahon in like three months? Hmm. A message to politicians. Hey, this made me feel weird. 
Yeah, which is... There is 15 million WWF fans, and they love WWF action, and they will decide the next WWF... <laughs> Wait, hang they, on. they will decide the next president of the United States. Hang on, Vince. Who says? Is it like a Taboo Tuesday thing that only the WWF universe can vote on this? Like, Yeah, I think he's like pointing out that we've got a lot of... like A lot of people who traditionally don't vote. Mm. And I think it's nice to be all bright and bushy-tailed and have The Rock go to the Republican National Convention and make out that that is non-partisan. I know! That's why you've got Michael Cole saying this is a non-partisan rally that WWF are doing. And then we send our most cool, charismatic superstar to the Republican National Convention. And you just know for a fact at the fucking Democratic Convention you've got Midian stood there or something and Valvina. Just for just like... Joe is this way. No! An awkward attempt here. And I think, I mean, it's, it's easy, you know, back in the day you can go, no, this is a genuine attempt to try and, like, do a little bit of good because they do have access to this young demographic in a way that no one else really does. We already mentioned 18 to 25, mm-hmm. 18 to 25. There's two things they were known for primarily in this time, which is, one, they watched a lot of wrestling, and two, they did not vote. Mm. And WWF said, well, hey, we're going to have a drive. It's called SmackDown Your Vote. And they did this for many years to try and drive up voter engagement and here we are in 2019 and Bernie Sanders and Cardi B are really trying to get young people to vote because mm. it, I don't think it worked no it did not it was I think a way for WWE to make, them, make themselves feel good about themselves oh definitely yeah it, it's, it's just a way to seem more politically conscious and it's this is the beginning of them sort of like we need to be squeaky clean good corporate players or at least like, have people on our side yeah you know this is this is kind of making good and kind of if they were maybe future-proofing themselves if they thought there was going to be any sort of a PTC, like, trying really hard to, like, get them yeah, off the air and like true. that. And, well, we're, we're, we're doing a public good. Yeah, doing a service. And don't get me wrong. Getting young people to register to vote is a public good. Mm-hmm. And on that note, if you're a young person, I don't care where the fuck you live, go and register to vote. Mm. People in my country died so that they could vote in my country. I vote in another country now. You should vote too, probably. It's a good idea. (laughs) It is literally five minutes of your fucking day and it shouldn't take Vince McMahon or other people to convince you to, but if it does, go fucking vote. I wasn't convinced until I saw a cold open of SmackDown with Linda McMahon at a desk asking me to go and SmackDown my vote very politely. And then I thought, actually, you know what? Yeah, she makes a good point. And that's why we're happy to announce that next year's ITR podcast live show will take place at the Tory National Conference. (laughs) 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 I just felt our Patreon feed lose a ton of... (laughs) Kurt's got a plan. Yeah, we cut straight back to Triple H and Kurt again in the locker room. The man's got a plan, and it's all about mathematics. You see, HQ plus IQ is greater than DQ. That's pretty impressive. I thought he was talking about the the disqualification, but he's talking about D cubed as in 3D, as in D times D times D, H times H times H, and I times I times I. Now, you've got three unknowns in your variable there, and obviously you might think, Kurt, that, oh, two things is bigger than one. You don't know. D could be a higher value. I literally didn't realise he said cubed this whole time. Because yeah. I was going to ask, what's he on about HQ plus IQ plus DQ? <laughs> Higher quality plus intelligent quota is better than a disqualification. Well, everyone knows that. Duh! Long <laughs> <laughs> you been watching wrestling. The Dudley boys emerged for their match from a cage. This is great. Like a proper warehouse cage. The big shutters and everything. Like You guys are going to be in the main event. You're going to get them over as a main event player. They come out of the cage looking fucking mean and nasty. They have Leah doing the long walk down the corridor like she's a fucking rock. It was awesome. It got yeah. me well hyped. Where's This is a little tiny thing they used to do. 
having someone walking out like that, mm-hmm. proper, well-lit backstage area, fucking storming through. Yeah. Looks like they're ready to go kick some ass. With all the 97 we've been watching for the main timeline lately, that's something they do a lot, I've noticed. It's like the split screen, the two guys walking backstage. There's going to be a big confrontation that's when cool. they meet in the middle. Like, I miss that. You get a little bits as well, because even they had like Trish and Triple H last week when they were walking, he was like, you stay over there. Yeah, like, just true. little bits of character. Yeah. I think it's a really cool moment. Whereas now people just sort of like apparate a gorilla position and then they're there again right missing people in wwf new york this has once again happened and we are pleading to you to please put someone in wwf new york i miss it Mm -hmm. i want to know that it's okay i've not heard from it in months now it feels like it's getting suspicious that we're just not hearing from what's going on in there no one wants to go it's starting to feel like the scientology headquarters where it's like well we're not allowed to look in there, and we think that something bad's going on, but we haven't got the right to go and check. Yeah, have you so. no footage of people watching shows and they're going, whoa! Like, I see on the outside and kind of go, there's Times Square, and it's a massive banner that says WBF New York, and there goes the neighbourhood, and a big word that says click. You get no indication of what it's like. No. I, they obviously send a camera person there to record it. Like, obviously it's not live or get anything. Some but stock footage! Exactly, it's different footage they use every week. Where's the footage of the interior? Every week there should be cameras in there, and you should find out when it looks like people are having a good time. Were they watching Raw? Mm-hmm. You know, were they watching some XFL? Whatever it is. Let's see. Let's see it. You know, you do signings there every other week. Like, fucking hell, put something in there, you I know? I go there at the minute. It looks rubbish. I wonder it went out of fucking business. Main event time, Triple H, Stephanie and Kurt Angle taking on the Dudley Boys and lovely Leto. And Kurt Angle, when he comes out, has got a little smile on his face. Mm. And when Triple H and Steph comes out, he like does, does his big you know pose and Stephanie just walks right in front of him. He's yep. like, I've not done my cool one. Wait, no. wait, no. She needs space, Hunter. Legit, actual space. This was a really, really fun match, mainly mm. because the Dudley Boys shined in the main event spot. They were given loads of offense. Lita was probably the most over person in the ring here. Easily. Like, so crazy over. Like, my God. There was a point in the match where, like, the the men are brawling outside and the crowd just explode. And I'm like, is Stone Cold or Undertaker about to be running? It it was Lita got in the ring and the whole roof came off. Like, people people were unglued for her. And you're not saying, oh, we're in a particularly like oh we're in a smart city that love Lita for yeah. you know, Alabama it's you know one of the towns it's she's just, fucking over the way they've been building Steph Lita and Trish lately the three of them just are over in the ring like people want to see them fight can you think of any characters from the year 2000 who have been like kind of yeah, because Stephanie, I think, is a character that only was introduced for the year 2000, really. You know, as, as this version like, of late Steph. Late 99, yeah. Literally yeah. right at the start of the year she turned, so yeah. So I think like these are three of the most over-new characters that there are. They've struggled with a lot of the men to keep them over, but with the women, I think they've actually done a particularly good job at that. Absolutely. And you think, like, when you tell in terms of characters there, like... On the men's side of things, the characters, maybe The Rock is over, yeah. Undertaker. Yeah, the usuals. But, but like, if, if you look down the card and stuff like, two cool are over, but their characters aren't over. They're yeah. over because they do a dance and they've got yeah, some yeah, moves. Yeah. Like, these three women are over because they've actually invested time and story into them. I think like, is such a breath of fresh air in the year 2000. Mm. It's unbelievable. But this match is built around the tension between Kurt Angle and Triple H who keep tagging themselves in. And, you know, Kurt goes to tag and Stephanie, like, kind of, I believe in you. And then Triple H immediately tags around. Like, no, we're keeping Stephanie safe. Yeah. That, that was really brilliant. Uh, at one point, King calls the referee a Hebnerite before realizing that it is Earl Hebner. 
this Hebnerite business has been going on long enough now, King. Hebnerite. Hebnerite. Do you know how you become a, a member of the Order of Hebnerites? How? you got to swear on your kids' lives. Boy. Sorry. <laughs> swear on his kids' lives. His kids' lives. You know? I have a lot of time for Kurt Angle in the ring with Bubba Ray Dudley. Oh my god, he does this big belly-to-belly on Big Bubba. Oh, he just goes sailing. It's fucking... brilliant. And who gets the hot tag here tonight? Devon Dudley. Devon Dudley runs wild on Triple H and Kurt Angle. He even hits the motherfucking saving grace on Triple H. Fucking amazing. Incredible move. Incredible <laughs> move. We get a was up to both guys, and then the tables come out. It is no DQ. And I think they do an excellent job here. They know that, like, top of the list of things that these fans want to see right now is Stephanie go through a table. Mm-hmm. They have Bubba set up the table. Then he, like, looks over. He starts fucking vibrating, going full boss nass. Like, <laughs> he weasel like this indeed. And he goes for Stephanie. She gets saved, but then she's left in the ring with Lee. And this is like this huge reaction. Yeah, like, this is the pop of the night. Lita beating up Steph and then going for the moonsault. Triple H pulls Stephanie out of the way. Mm. Just well she did, because the way she was laid up, she probably would have killed Stephanie with that yeah. moonsault. Serious injury. Triple H pedigrees Lita, which was quite uncomfortable to watch given like when Lita's arms are pulled back, you can see how much smaller she is than Triple H. Mm. Baggy pants or not, that is a tiny fucking person you're doing that to. Pedigree to Lita, then Bubba gets in again, and we start teasing Steph again mm. that he's going to pour it through the table. This time, I really felt like they were actually going to do it. Like, the second tease, I was like, oh, they wouldn't tease twice. They're definitely going to do it now. But this time, Kurt Angle saves Stephanie, nah. sends Bubba sailing. Bubba's hand gets caught on the top rope, though, as he was sailing over, like, like the hangman spot, but just on Ooh. the top of his palm. You lose a finger. Yeah, honestly, like... I feel like you dislocate fingers, or that, that looks sore as fuck. But yes, in all the chaos, Stephanie manages to crawl over and pin Leah, who's still KO'd from the pedigree. And she wins, and straight away, jumping into Kurt Angle's arms, the yeah. big Olympic celebration. They did it. Triple H grimaces on the ramp as he sees the hugs flow like fine wines. Whoa. What did you think of this episode of SmackDown? Let us know in the comments below. This was a very wild episode indeed, Adam. I had a good time with SmackDown, even though it tried to throw at me 100,000 matches in 100 minutes. Yeah, I feel like with episodes like this, there is plenty of bad shit to criticise and stuff to pick apart and nitpick, but on the whole, a very watchable, very good episode of SmackDown. We're in such a great stretch right now for these. Yeah, and I'm very excited to see how the SummerSlam cards take shape, because we're in August, and none of this... None of this, other than the love triangle, none of this is coming anywhere near that fucking card whatsoever, so... There might not be a conspiracy by the time we get to SummerSlam, there might not even be a big show... But there will definitely be a monster. I can't tell this guy it's got like one week of build because neither man's got a match. Like I'm fucking vibrating. Look at you seven. jumping up and down. I can't wait to get there. Well, of course, if you are a backer on Patreon, as always, we thank you for being our backer. Hope you enjoy this episode of SmackDown. And don't forget, later on in the month, you've got a little piece of a special episode coming your way. Wink, wink. There's going to be, of course, a very little special video that's making its way to you as well. And of course, this month as well, I will be in the Q&A taking all of your questions. But will the the answers themselves become questions only you may determine. I'll be looking for all of your questions. You want to bump up to a $10 backing? Over 
30 Q&A episodes for myself, Adam, and Billy. Want to become a Dan Seven tier backer? You get access to every single commentary track. And as well, for this month, we do have spaces available. If you want to sponsor the caption contest, like Last Match Standing did in our King of the Ring episode, they've already said they've had a huge, huge, big increase in people checking out the podcast and checking out their social media profiles. You want to get some eyes on your project, your YouTube, your podcast, your website, your whatever. There are sponsorship spots available now. Head over to patreon.com slash aepodcast for any and all details. And if you've got yourself your new How to Chair a Podcast t-shirt, we really want to see those pictures. Please. I really want to see as many, many of our beautiful fans wearing those shirts as possible. And don't forget, live show London, September 7th. Wear your shirts there with yeah. pride. It's going to be a good time. And later on this month, there will be a new design for everyone to vote on. So do make sure you check those out and have your say and speak your brains to decide the next Attitude Era podcast t-shirt design. Well, until next time, it's going to be episode 51 of SmackDown. It's going to be a goodbye from me, Kevin. And me, Adam. And we'll see you next time, as always, on the SmackDown Crawl.